G'day, it is As Hamilton with your podcast time. Uh, big hello to all those grade 12 students. I've been thinking about you over the last week. It's so exciting to see at the As Speaks Instagram page. Just seeing through your stories that you're posting up, the follows, and just seeing you say things like, my very last maths exam. How good does that feel? If you are in these final stages of school, I just want to say... Embrace every moment, enjoy everything you can, and soak it up because you've done it. You've got through a pandemic, the year 2020. It's been the weirdest year, and you have graduated in this time, or you're very close to graduating. So, want to do that first and foremost. Massive, massive congratulations to all you students. Really hoping that your future is bright and hopefully over the next few years you'll look back on this year fondly even though things have been a little bit different. Hey, today's podcast, as you know, each week bring a bit of an idea or a thought process on how to respond to different things in life. It might be to do with faith because we always talk about faith journey in the schools programs. Um, And if you are tuning in for the first time and you're like, okay, as Hamilton, who is he? What's he all about? Maybe you've heard about this podcast through a friend. Uh, Most days I'm working in schools and actually working alongside students uh, throughout high school, running different programs. Uh, Also run personal development days for teachers and community groups like that. If you want to book me for 2021, I'm just going to do this right now because we're in November and my calendar is filling up for 2021. If you'd love me to come to your school, work in your community, please contact me at justmotivation.com.au. Send us an email and I would love to visit your school. Hey, today a lot's going on and this is where I want to talk a little bit about how we respond to certain things because uh, I know in Queensland right now we're getting a bit excited. Uh, we thought it wasn't going to happen this year. State of Origin is kicking off tonight. I know for Beck and I, we're heading to a friend's house, going to have some dinner, watch the footy game. My wife is from Sydney. I've grown up in Queensland, so we've got a Blues supporter, a Maroon supporter in the same room. And somehow we're married and we do this pretty well. But for some of you out there, you're like, I couldn't possibly be married to someone from the other side. Or you might have a difference of opinion with a footy match. That's what we're going to be talking about today. People who have different opinions, completely opposite spectrums, and how we respond to loving those that might even be perceived as our enemies. Because at this time in the world, it feels like this year in particular has caused this great division amongst us. This great division. Uh, you've either got to be a Trump supporter or you have to be a Biden supporter. Even if you're in Australia, it has nothing to do with you. I mean, the election's unfolding right now. We don't know who the next American president's going to be. Either way, there's going to be a lot of really happy people and a lot of really disappointed people. That is the reality. I sort of was looking at it earlier today, um, and it looks about a 50-50 chance either side of the party who could be the president. It's so tight, it's unbelievable. Same with the footy match tonight. State of origin, will it be Queensland? Will it be the Blues that win? I know for me growing up, I never took state of origin that I don't know, seriously, because I used to always have an out card. I used to always say, well, I was born in South Australia, so I could, you know, really swing either side. I didn't really mind who I went for. And it used to really frustrate those that are like through and through, born in Queensland, this is my state of origin, this is my pride, and how dare you just change to the blues because you just want to stir the pot. Um, And so when it comes down to it, uh, things like this can cause great division, can't it? I mean, we can see this. In fact, 
this is how naive I was to State of Origin a few years ago. I actually went to a State of Origin game with my then at the time just dating girlfriend, Beck. And I remember I was in Sydney. It was actually a Sydney State of Origin game. Never been to a game before. Um, and I, I just decided I was going to buy a Maroons jersey and just wear it around the stadium because isn't that the whole point? We're just having a little bit of fun here. It's totally fine. I get a Maroons jersey, put it on. Um, and then Beck kind of makes it known to me, oh, by the way, we're actually sitting with the Blatchies Blues. Now, the Blatchies Blues is where the most passionate blue supporters sit. They all have the blue wigs, and I am wearing a Maroons jersey. And I honestly thought it's just a bit of fun until I sat down amongst those that had a different opinion who were going for the Blues. And it was amazing how so many people in that... I mean, we're talking about a footy game. Like, it's a footy game. It's a bunch of guys running around a field with a football trying to score points. And unfortunately, even though I might have perceived it as that, there were people around me that started... I remember this. This is years ago. I remember people were pouring beer down the back of me. And then a guy actually put me in a headlock and goes, mate, you better take that jersey off. And all of a sudden, I started to feel actually quite unsafe. Quite unsafe. Because I thought, hang on, this is actually not just a football game for some of these people. This is, this is so, so much more. By the end of that game, I actually had to get uh, told to cover up my jersey by security because it was getting that aggressive. And I remember thinking to myself, how insane is this? And I always look back and have a laugh how I wore a Maroons jersey in Blues territory. Now, if you are a mad State of Origin fan, you're probably just like literally shaking your head in disbelief going as... You can't possibly be that stupid. Like, you can't. Like, how could you possibly be that stupid over something that's so incredibly important to some people? Um, we had the election here in Queensland on the weekend. The same thing, you know, we, you go out, you vote, and when you rock up to vote, you've got about five or six people trying to hand you forms to say, vote for us, and this is the reason, and they're all so passionate about what they're about. And I know that even right now, a lot of people are watching the American election right now having the same feeling like, oh my gosh, there's going to be 50% really happy and 50% devastated at the result. Either way, this is going to happen. And unfortunately this year, what's actually happened when it comes down to these black and white things, it stopped us as people being able to have conversation with different opinion. Do you know what I mean? When you want to have a conversation with someone but you don't actually want to have a conversation with them. You just want to tell them your truth or what you believe is absolute truth and you don't want to listen to their opinion or even where they're at. And then on the other side, you think, even if not I listen, you're just going to tell me how wrong I am. And there's this great division that's happening amongst people. And I, I want to talk about how you respond to that. Even if you feel like you're in enemy territory, how do you respond to your enemies? Because... You know, the reality is we often think if you're my enemy, I should hate you and I should actually deal with you accordingly. And sometimes we actually avoid our enemies. We surround ourselves with people that have like minds, um, have the same worldview, the same opinion, because it actually stirs and fires us up even more to a point where we think we're absolutely correct. So how do we respond? How do we respond if our enemy wins? What happens when the football goes football game goes down to the team we don't want to win? What happens today if the election goes to the other side, the opposition of the thought process of what we have? How do we actually respond? Do we turn into a violent mess? And I know that 
we're fortunate here in Australia. I feel like we've never really got this far, but as you can see on the news, you can see this tension that's brewing. And when people don't get their way, instead of conceding defeat and saying that's okay, we have to come together because we're free to vote, which is actually a beautiful thing that we actually get the chance to vote for who we want to win. I mean, that's insane for a lot of the world. Instead of like, you know, kicking and screaming and turning into violent riots and all sorts of stuff, how do we respond? And what is it that we should do when things don't go our way? And today I just want to give us a bit of an encouragement because I personally know that this is something that actually makes Jesus so incredible with his teaching. Sometimes we think that, Jesus would have some kind of political party or we think that Jesus would be lumped into a certain space or place. But I actually think he was completely opposite to everything that's going on in this world because his teaching was so revolutionary, we're still talking about it today. And that's why I try every day to be more like him and go, okay, well, how is it? What would Jesus do in this situation? How would he function in this area? What would he do? And he actually speaks... um, about a few things, and if there's one chapter of the Bible, I want to challenge all you listeners out there to read this week. If you were to pick up a Bible for the very first time, I want you to go and pick up and find the book of Matthew and read chapter 5, because in chapter 5, there is so much gold. Like, this chapter can keep you charging and keep you challenged for the next year. Seriously, if you don't have a Bible, you're like, I don't have an old Bible, an old book, download the YouVersion app. Because I want to just share a couple of things out of Matthew chapter 5 that I think is so incredibly important right now. Chapter 5 verse 9, check this out. Blessed or blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Think of that. When there's all sorts of crazy differences in this world all sorts of crazy stuff going on where people are fighting to the death because of their opinion. There's someone who God actually calls sons because of how they respond and they are the peacemakers, the ones that bring peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the sons of God. Imagine being called a son of God. In fact, when you start to follow Jesus, that's how we're seen by God. We're actually his kids. We're sons and daughters. It's a pretty cool thought. But then I want to get a bit further than that. Further down in chapter 5, this is probably one of the most, uh, how would I say, challenging verses in the Bible. Because it actually goes against how we like to live our lives, including myself. It's actually one of the hardest challenges that Jesus brings in his teaching. Chapter 5, verse 43. He says this, You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Think of that. Prior to this, it was all about loving your neighbor. Love those that love you, all right, and hate your enemy. It makes a lot of sense, right? They're my enemy. That's why I hate them. Jesus says this, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. We're talking about this sonship, actually being aligned and being part of the family of God. What does the family of God look like? How do you know you're part of the family? Because, you know, when you're a son, you kind of know how things work in the house. When you're you know, living in the house, you know the rules. 
It says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. I'm going to challenge you to go read chapter 5 this week because when was the last time you loved someone that actually caused you pain? Not just someone who had a different opinion, but someone who actually caused anguish or angst or hurt in your life. Like, when was the last time you did that? When did you ever pray that God would bless them? Like, that seems completely upside down. It says, pray for those who persecute you. In other words, take some time out to be thinking of them, thinking of their life and actually praying good things for them so that you can actually be a son of God. One thing I have noticed when I've been in these sort of situations, because I know over the years I've actually been challenged to do this sort of thing for those that have been my enemies, those that have hurt me more than anyone else. One thing I've noticed, when you start to pray for blessing on them, there's something that shifts in your spirit towards them. It actually gives you a bit of perspective on what they're like or maybe where they're at and why they are the way they are. You could be praying that they change, but you could just be praying for them that they would also know what it means to know God and to be also called a son, that they would have a change of heart, that you know they would have a shift within who they are. Further on in this chapter, it says this, For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. Isn't it interesting in this world right now that it's very easy to love people that have the same opinion as you? Very easy to love someone that is exactly on the same page as you because it's not hard. You can hang out. You can chat about the same things. You're not going to be challenged. You're not going to get upset because of a different point of view. It says very simply, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? It goes on in verse 47. I mean, this is challenging stuff. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? You see, following Jesus is really hard because he calls us to a different life. He doesn't call us to the same life. He's pointing us to something that we've got to figure out. He's like, what, what, what good is it if you only hang out with your brothers? In other words, those that are close to you, that have the same worldview as you. You're no different. It says this, do not even the Gentiles do the same? In other words, those that weren't Jews, this is sort of those that didn't know God. He says, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Pointing out once again, the call to us as followers of Jesus. This is, this is not for everyone. This is only for those listening to the podcast who are going on this journey of faith, going, I want to be more like Jesus. If you want to be more like Jesus, you've actually got to love not just those that love you, but love your enemies. You've got to pray for those who persecute you. You need to be able to have conversation and have empathy and the ability to hear another person's point of view without responding out of anger or frustration because you don't believe the same thing. And when you have this sort of attitude towards life and you have this humility about you to say that I am going to listen to your point of view. We may not agree. We might have to agree to disagree. And there are some certain things in this life that we should stand up for that are just ideas that I think are just what God's heart is for people. 
to make sure that justice and what is right is happening in our communities. But I want to challenge us this week that we're not just connecting and surrounding ourselves with our side. We're not just Queensland supporters that only have Queensland supporter friends <laughs> when it comes to state of origin. We don't go and watch a game tonight and lose our mind over a ref call and go off at our friends or of the opposition and get all upset and actually allow it to destroy our week and month and our relationships because of a different side. We actually have the maturity to be more like God so that we can be called sons of God. Be more like God. I think the reason that God has this heart for humanity is because he's outside of our own perspective. He sees every angle, everything that's going on in every person's life. Because he sees it all, he understands it all, we don't. And we have to work towards being more like him and having the eyes to see, listen, empathize and love those that have different opinions. I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know where the world's going to be at the end of the day when it comes to this American election. Everyone says it's going to change the world for good or bad or whatever your opinion, once again. What I do know is no matter what happens today, we are called to love and not just those that love us. Hope that's a challenge for you this week. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. 